Lovely to see you all, and welcome to those online as well. And we're continuing our Questioning Jesus series. And we're looking at, so we've been looking at John's Gospel, chapters 13 and 14. And the disciples, the disciples are with Jesus after the Last Supper. Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet. And now they're sat around the table, and they're talking to Jesus, and they're asking Jesus questions. And today we're on the final question, and this is the final sermon in the series on questioning Jesus. And in today's passage, Judas, that's not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple called Judas, Judas asked Jesus a question. Judas says, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And the funny thing is, it's actually a question that somebody asked in Alpha just last term. They phrased it slightly differently. The Alpha guest said, why did Jesus come for some people and not others? If you'd been in that Alpha group, I wonder what you would have said. I said, great question. What does everyone else in the group think? (laughs) Um, But the question is good, isn't it? Did Jesus come for some people and not others? Why, Lord, did you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Let's just think for a moment about that word world in John's gospel. In John chapter 1, verse 10, it says this. He, that's Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Jesus, with God the Father, made the world, made everyone and everything. God in Jesus became a man. And God, Jesus came into the world. But people, that's people, didn't realize that Jesus was God. They didn't recognize him. And then in John 3, verse 16, you might know it. Jesus famously says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So God loves the world. God loves all the people he has made. He loves so much that he gave his one and only son. So the answer to the question, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world. Like the answer to the question in Alpha, why did Jesus come for some people and not others? Jesus answers Judas and Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. It would seem really like Jesus doesn't quite answer Judas's question. But Jesus is saying, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Anyone. He's saying, don't worry about whether I came for some people and not for others. He's saying, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Do you choose to love me? Jesus is saying, anyone can choose to love me, but the mark of someone who loves me is obedience. And then Jesus gives us 
this amazing promise. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And then he says, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. So the gift of God's love in this life and for eternity is there for all of us. And we can choose whether to receive him. We can choose to know God's love and presence with us or not if we don't want to. It's all grace. It's all grace. Jesus created the world. Jesus came into the world. Jesus loved the world, died for the world, rose again before we were obedient. But our response to Jesus is obedience. It's obeying his teaching. It's trusting that what the Bible says is true, that the Bible tells us the best way to live, the best way to treat other people, the best way to think about money and power and justice and sex, about rest and priorities, about forgiveness and hope. For some really close friends of mine at the moment, obedience means giving up their jobs and their community and their friends in London and move into Australia to look after an elderly parent with dementia. They are choosing to honour their parents. They're choosing to care for the vulnerable, to love the vulnerable. Sometimes obedience is challenging. And Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey me. And it's interesting, isn't it, that that Jesus, in answering Judas's question, doesn't spend ages explaining theology. Doesn't. He just says, anyone who loves me will obey me. The sign that you love me is obedience. And then, in the rest of the passage, Jesus shows us how to obey. So first of all, Jesus says, we obey with the help of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to struggle to obey on our own. He says in verse 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus was talking to the disciples and they would pass on all they'd seen and heard Jesus say and do. And Jesus was saying to them, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I've done so that you can write the New Testament. And the same Holy Spirit continues to be at work in us, reminding us of Jesus and what he has done and speaking to us through the Bible. In verse 26, is like verse um, 16 of chapter 14, a bit earlier in the chapter, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit an advocate. An advocate. The Holy Spirit is one who comes alongside, who helps us to live the Christian life. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. Now, my sister um, Madeline is in Cardiff and she's um, a housing lawyer. And what she does is advocacy work for a law centre. She's an advocate for people at risk of homelessness. That's her job. The clients ring her up. And um, they tell her if their landlord has treated them badly or if they um, might be evicted or if they've just been evicted. 
And she uses the law and she speaks to the local council in Cardiff or to the landlord and she tries to help them. She speaks up for people. She's an advocate for people who might become homeless. And the Holy Spirit is an advocate for each of us. He speaks up for us to God the Father. He sees our need. He intercedes to the Father for us. He comes alongside us. He helps us. And God also gives us peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Jesus says, I give you peace deep in your heart, real peace, a peace that passes understanding, a peace that is not dependent upon circumstances. So we don't have to summon up the energy and the courage to obey. We don't do it on our own. We trust the Holy Spirit. We trust the Holy Spirit to fill us and enable us and strengthen us, to intercede to the Father for us and to give us peace and to help us to obey. That's the first way we obey. The Holy Spirit helps us to obey. And then secondly, we, just, we need to trust that God knows best. In chapter 14, verse 1, I think Jago spoke to us a few weeks ago now. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then it says it again in today's reading, in verse 27, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. There was clearly a temptation among the disciples to have troubled hearts. But Jesus is saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus is saying, trust me, obey me. Obedience means we say, I'm trusting that what God says is right. And as I was um, thinking about this passage over the last few weeks, I was um, reminded of a hymn that I, that I haven't sung for a long time, that I think I remember singing in church as a child. It was an old hymn. You might, you might know it. Trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that hymn goes on to say, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. That's what Jesus is saying to us in this passage today. He's saying sometimes things might look difficult. In fact, Jesus had just told the disciples He's going to be betrayed. Judas Iscariot was betraying him. Peter would deny him. Jesus knows the cross, the pain, the agony, the suffering of the cross lies ahead of him. And he's saying, obey me, trust me. Jesus is showing us in answer to Judas's question, why Lord you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus is saying, I'm for everyone. You can choose to trust me. You can choose to obey me. Jesus wants everyone to follow him. And then Jesus says in verse 29, I've told you now 
before it happens so that when it does happen, he's saying when the bad things do happen, you will believe. He wants us to believe. He's saying, I want you to believe. Don't lose heart when the circumstances are difficult. I'm telling you now so that when the bad things happen, you will still believe. And many of us will need to hold on to that truth today. The bad things happen, but that doesn't mean that Jesus has lost control. Jesus says in verse 30, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. Jesus is saying there is an enemy, but the enemy has no hold over Jesus. Jesus says, I have the final victory. Bad things might happen, but I am in control in the end. Now, I've told this story a few times, so I'm really sorry if I'm I've told it to you before, but, um, but I, I was really helped in lockdown one by my um, six-year-old nephew, Caleb. Caleb spent most of lockdown one in his garden playing rugby. And when Caleb plays rugby, he plays, well, in lockdown, he had to really play all the players on both sides and the commentator and the referee. And what he quite liked was to have um, a video call and he quite liked having um, the, somebody on the video call being the crowd. Now, I quite like being the crowd. And um, when Caleb plays rugby, Wales always play. And when Caleb plays rugby, Wales always win. Not quite true in real life, but Wales always win, almost. Um, and on this particular day, I said to him, Caleb, what's the score? And he said... It's 24-21, Auntie Roz. I said, oh, to Wales, is it? He said, no. He said, Italy are winning at the moment. Well, he must have seen my face. I, you know, must have looked a bit worried because he came right up to the phone and he said, don't worry, Auntie Roz. He said, I know the final score. <laughs> Wales are going to win in the end. And I just felt in that moment that God says to me, don't worry, Roz, I know the final score. Things might be difficult, but I have the victory. There's always hope. Jesus says, the prince of this world has no hold over me. So trust and obey. Trust that God's word is true that God shows us the best way to live. That in the end, he holds the victory. Trust and obedience, those are the marks of followers of Jesus. And you know what? Trusting and obeying in the midst of the challenges of life is often really difficult. And Jesus says to us in this passage that trust and obedience is the only response to God's love for us. Anyone who loves me, he says, will obey my teaching. But Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Even though there's great challenge, do not let your hearts be troubled. I have the victory over all sin and death. And it might look like the prince of this world is winning, but the enemy has no hold over me, Jesus says. 
And that hymn I was talking about, that hymn goes on to say, not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. So the Holy Spirit is at work in us, relieving our doubt, casting out fear, so that we can trust and obey. And then the final verse of that hymn says, what he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. And remember Jesus, Jesus knew when he was talking to the disciples, he knew he was facing the cross. Jesus is the ultimate example of obedience. He went to the cross. He suffered and died. And in verse 31, Jesus says, but he, that's Satan, the enemy, comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Jesus is saying, it's because I love the Father and am obedient to the Father that I will go to the cross, that I will lay down my life for the world. The cross shows us that Jesus loves the world and follows the will of the Father. And we, the world, can choose whether to love Jesus. We can choose to love Jesus or not to love Jesus. We can choose to obey him or not to obey him. He doesn't force himself upon us. But he loves us and we can choose to love him and to obey him. And then Jesus, at the very end of the passage, says, come now, let us leave. And do you know where Jesus is going? He's going to Gethsemane with the disciples. He's going to a place of great difficulty and challenge where he will say to God the Father, he'll say, take this cup from me, it's too difficult. And yet Jesus will say, not my will, but yours, Lord. Not my will, but yours. That's obedience. Jesus will give us such a wonderful example of trust and obedience. Let's choose to follow that example today. Let's choose to trust Jesus today, to obey him today. If we go back to Judas's question, why, Lord, do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey me. Let's choose to love him today, to obey him, to trust him, and to ask the Holy Spirit to help us.